Hi everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Aminder. I'm Alex, and I'll be your host for today's episode. In this episode, we'll be covering papers published in September 2020 within the category of treatment and testing. This is the first half of a two-part series of episodes covering multiple targets for Alzheimer's disease, or AD. In recent years, with greater understanding of the pathogenesis of Alzheimer's disease and advanced development of pharmacological therapies, a multi-target approach to AD treatment has attracted much interest in the field. Multi-target approaches involve targeting various different pathways of disease rather than just one, with the hope of more effectively targeting disease progression. Stay tuned. Welcome to Aminder, a podcast where we summarize the latest publications on Alzheimer's disease for you so you can spend more time doing awesome research. For every month, you'll find a series of episodes by theme, and each comes with a bibliography. Whether you're in the lab, on the bus, or cooking your meal, we hope you find this podcast useful and accessible. Okay, we have 17 papers to go through today. If any of the abstracts I'll be summarizing interest you, be sure to check out our bibliography for this episode after listening. You can find it by checking out the episode notes. We'll take a short break about halfway through the episode in case you need to stretch your legs or grab a quick drink or snack. I've broken up the papers in this multiple target section into two main categories, and in today's episode, we'll only focus on the first. The first category covers studies analyzing the neuroprotective effects of various natural compounds, with many derived from plants or herbs used in traditional medicine practices. The second category, covered in part two of this series, will cover research done at the molecular level. We'll see studies focused on design and synthesis of new multi-target therapeutic molecules and their neuroprotective cellular mechanisms. Let's take a look at the first paper within the category of compounds. The first author is Hao, last author Fang, from the Brain Research Bulletin Journal. The title of this paper is Biological Evaluation of Naturally Occurring Bulbocodin D as a Potential Multi-Target Agent for Alzheimer's Disease. Bulbocodin D is a compound isolated from a type of orchid native to China, Japan, and Taiwan. This study aimed to look at the neuroprotective effects of bulbocodin D for AD using an oxidative stress model of SHSY5Y cells and an inflammatory model of BV2 cells. Western blot was used to analyze the expression of mitochondrial apoptosis and inflammation-related proteins. Molecular docking analysis was used to create predicted binding modes of bulbocodin D with acetylcholinesterase and glycogen synthase kinase 3-beta, or GSK3-beta. The authors found that bulbocodin D can reduce cell apoptosis, lower ROS production, and inhibit inflammatory cytokine secretion. Also, Western blot data suggests that bulbocodin D regulates the mitochondrial apoptotic and MAPK pathway and reduces A-beta aggregation. The researchers also claim that bulbocodin D can inhibit acetylcholinesterase and GSK3-beta. Overall, given these findings, bulbocodin D might be a promising compound for multi-targeted AD treatment. Next up, we have our second paper that focuses on two environmental toxins. This paper is written by first author Abdel Rafay, last author Thabit, and comes from the Life Sciences Journal. The title of their work is Modulatory Effect of Methyl Sulfonyl Methane Against BPA gamma radiation induced neurodegenerative alterations in rats. Influence of TREM2 DAP12 SYK pathway. Methyl sulfonyl methane, or MSM, is an organosulfur compound that has previously shown various health benefits. Bisphenol A, or BPA, and gamma radiation are two environmental toxins. 
You've probably heard or seen the term BPA-free on your water bottle, for instance. BPA is a chemical used to create polycarbonate plastics and has been banned in some countries from being used in commercial production because of its harmful effects on the human body. This paper aimed to study how MSM could potentially counteract BPA and radiation neurotoxicity. Female rats were exposed to BPA or radiation and were either untreated or treated with MSM for a month. BPA and radiation co-exposure resulted in oxidative stress, neuroinflammation, and microglial pro-inflammation in the brain. Neurodegenerative lesions, including A-beta deposition in the hippocampus, were also seen in these rats. MSM treatment improved these lesions and lowered oxidative stress, neuroinflammation, and AD marker expression. Altogether, these data suggest that MSM was neuroprotective against BPA and radiation and may serve as a potential anti-AD compound. Let's take a look at our third paper, which comes from the Journal of Biochemical and Molecular Toxicology. The first author is Millar, last author Debbie. The title of their work is Vitexin Prevents A-beta Proteotoxicity in Transgenic Xenorhabditis Elegans Model of Alzheimer's Disease by Modulating Unfolded Protein Response. The current study analyzed the neuroprotective effects of vitexin, an apigenin flavone glycoside, on a transgenic C. elegans model of AD. Physiological assays, quantitative polymerase chain reaction, and western blotting were used to look for possible neuroprotection. It was found that vitexin extended the lifespan of the nematodes and lowered expression of AD-related genes, while also upregulating genes involved in lifespan extension of C. elegans. You'll have to check out the original paper, available in the bibliography accompanying this episode, to see which genes were affected. Vitexin also modulated unfolded protein response genes and suppressed the expression of A-beta. Taken together, it's concluded that these results indicate vitexin's neuroprotective effects against A-beta toxicity. Our fourth paper looks at a natural compound extracted from milk thistle seeds and is titled The Possible Neuroprotective Effect of Silymarin Against Aluminum Chloride-Prompted Alzheimer's-Like Disease in Rats. The first author is Obawafa, last author Yusuf, from the Brain Sciences Journal. In this paper, the authors studied the neuroprotective effects of silymarin on hippocampal tissues of aluminum chloride-induced AD in rats. Aluminum chloride caused an elevation in oxidative stress markers and a decrease in antioxidant enzyme levels, as expected. Also, aluminum chloride significantly increased tumor necrosis factor alpha, interleukin-1-beta, and acetylcholinesterase activities. Aluminum chloride-treated rats also showed degenerative changes in various neuronal cell types of the hippocampus, including pyramidal cells, astrocytes, and oligodendrocytes. Interestingly enough, silymarin was able to reverse most of these maladaptive changes caused by aluminum chloride. This result points to the conclusion that silymarin can potentially treat neuronal damage caused by aluminum chloride in the hippocampus of rats. Could this effect translate into humans? Further research is needed to find out. The fifth paper in this episode comes from the Phytomedicine Journal. The first author is Ella Boll, last author Killick. The title of their work is Thymokinone Administration Ameliorates Alzheimer's Disease-Like Phenotype by Promoting Cell Survival in the Hippocampus of Amyloid Beta-142 Infused Rat Model. Thymokinone, or TQ, a biologically active ingredient of Nigella sativa, a medicinal plant, is anti-inflammatory, antioxidative, and neuroprotective. As such, in the current study, researchers wanted to examine TQ's influence on an AD rat model. A microosmotic pump containing aggregated A-beta was delivered to the hippocampus of adult female rats, after which TQ was given for two weeks. 
It was found that TQ actually enhanced memory performance and restored neuronal loss in the CA1 brain region. Also, TQ treatment decreased A-beta deposition, phosphorylated tau expression, and base 1 protein expression. Overall, the researchers suggest that TQ might therefore be able to restore normal neuronal functioning in this rat model by decreasing A-beta plaque deposition and enhancing cell viability. Paper 6 looks at a type of herbal medicine and its potential as a therapeutic for AD. This work is written by first author Lee, last author Yu, from the Medical Science Monitor Journal. The title is, A Network Pharmacological Approach to Investigate the Mechanism of Action of Active Ingredients of Epimedi Herba and Their Potential Targets in Treatment of Alzheimer's Disease. Epimedi Herba is a traditional Chinese herbal medicine used to treat various neurological disorders, including AD. However, the pharmacological mechanisms of this plant's effects haven't been studied extensively. The authors of this paper intended to do just that, and assess the active compounds, targets, and related pathways of Apimedi herba in the treatment of AD using network pharmacology. Databases were used to identify active compounds and targets of this medicinal plant. 17 active ingredients and 27 targets were screened and were found to be related to various AD signaling pathways. These include HIF1, TNF, and VEGF, to name a few. Based on this pharmacology, the multi-pathway effects of Epimedi Herba on AD were explored, and results provide reason for further research on Epimedi Herba in the treatment of AD in the future. Okay, let's take a look at the seventh paper in this episode, written by first author Maiti, last author Dunbar, from the International Journal of Molecular Sciences. The title of this paper is ameliorative properties of baronic compounds in in vitro and in vivo models of Alzheimer's disease. It's been previously reported that baronic compounds can reduce amyloid accumulation and neuroinflammation. The authors of this paper wanted to study whether two baronic compounds in particular, TPVA and TBSA, could function as treatments of deficits in in vitro and in vivo models of AD. Using a dot blot assay and cultured cells, they found that TBSA inhibited A-beta aggregation and increased cell survival to a greater extent than TPVA. These effects were also seen in C. elegans expressing A-beta and in an FXFAD mouse model of AD. Oral administration of TBSA prevented memory deficits in novel behavioral memory tests and reduced neuronal degeneration, A-beta plaques, and immunoreactivity in these mice. The authors suggest that TBSA therefore is neuroprotective in mice and can prevent neuronal death while protecting memory function. Our eighth paper looks at how thiamine imbalances in AD might be restored and is written by first author de Moraes, last author de Silva Tora from the Experimental Gerontology Journal. The title of their work is Oral Benfotiamine Reverts Cognitive Deficit and Increased Thiamine Diphosphate. 80 individuals suffer from blood thiamine imbalances and impaired activity of thiamine-dependent enzymes. A bioavailable thiamine analog, benfotiamine, has been suggested to counteract these thiamine metabolism changes. This study aimed to study benfotiamine's effect on brain thiamine absorption, neuronal metabolism, and disease progression in a rat model of sporadic AD. The authors found that supplementation with benfotiamine increased thiamine diphosphate in the hippocampus and enteronal cortex which then caused improvement in mitochondrial enzymes and insulin signaling, and an inactivation of two tau kinases involved in AD progression. They also saw an increased amount of NMDA receptor subunits, decreased inflammation, and improved cognitive function. Taken together, the authors suggest that benfotiamine could serve as a potential therapeutic for sporadic AD treatment. 
Okay, how about we take a short break here in case you want to stretch your legs or grab a drink or a snack. Hey listeners, I'm here to let you know A-Minder is recruiting. If you're interested in joining us, shoot us an email at aminderpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Enjoy the rest of the episode. And welcome back. Our ninth paper looks at another medicinal plant and its effects on AD. This paper comes from the Antioxidants Journal and is titled Memory Enhancing Effects of Organum Majorana Essential Oil in an Alzheimer's Amyloid Beta 142 Rat Model, a Molecular and Behavioral Study. This paper is written by first author Postu, last author Ritku. Organum Lamakai is a genus of medicinal plants used in traditional medicine. This study looked at the chemical composition and biochemical activities of Organum Majorana L essential oil, which I'll refer to as OMEO, in an amyloid beta AD rat model. Data showed that OMEO increased antioxidant activity and BDNF expression, which both promoted cognitive functioning. The authors also claimed that OMEO improved memory performance in two spatial memory tests in the rat AD model. Overall, these results suggest that OMEO should be further investigated as a potential anti-AD therapeutic compound. Leading into our 10th paper quite nicely, we'll be looking at work done by first author Ahmad, last author Kim, in the Biomedicines Journal. The title of this work is, Lupiol, a plant-derived flavonoid, protects mice brains against A-beta-induced oxidative stress and neurodegeneration. Here, researchers studied the antioxidant and neuroprotective effects of a flavonoid, Lupiol, in an A-beta mouse model of AD, like the previous paper. Intracerebroventricular injection of A-beta into the mouse brain increased reactive oxygen species, ROS levels, neuroinflammation, and memory and cognitive dysfunction, as expected. Interestingly, oral administration of lupiol was found to decrease these negative effects. Lupiol also decreased A-beta accumulation and beta-secretase 1, or BASE-1, expression. According to the authors, this study of antioxidative and neuroprotective effects of lupiol against A-beta neurotoxicity is the first of its kind. They conclude that based on their data, lupiol could serve as a new neuroprotective agent against neurodegenerative disorders, including AD. The 11th paper in this episode comes from the Journal of Ethnopharmacology and first author Yoon, last author Azam. The title of their work is Danchin, Salvia miltioriza, water extract, shows potential neuroprotective effects in Cenorhabditis elegans. Danchin is a traditional Chinese medicine extracted from the root of a plant and has been used to treat neurological diseases including AD. In this study, researchers uncovered the effect of Danchin water extract on a C. elegans model of AD. They used high-performance liquid chromatography, or HPLC, to identify the composition of Danchin water extract and used thioflavin T assay to see if Danchin water extract could prevent A-beta aggregation. It was found that Danchin water is actually able to bind directly to A-beta and prevents its aggregation. Danchin water extract also improved paralysis and showed antioxidant effects in the C. elegans AD model. Researchers suggest that these findings demonstrate Danchin water's potential as a therapeutic for AD, although more research is needed to really determine this. The next paper, paper 12, also studied a compound extracted from a plant and is titled Rutin Ameliorates Scopolamine-Induced Learning and Memory Impairments Through Enhancement of Antioxidant Defense System and Cholinergic Signaling. The first author is Ishola, last author Adeyemi, from the Drug Metabolism and Personalized Therapy Journal. Rutin is a plant pigment found in some fruits and vegetables that has been shown to carry certain antioxidant properties. 
The brain's cholinergic system is critically involved in normal cognition and age-related cognitive decline, including the progression of AD. This investigation studied the effect of rutin pretreatment on antioxidant activities and cholinergic systems in a mouse model of AD. Rutin, or vehicle, was administered for three consecutive days to mice. Scopolamine, a muscarinic receptor antagonist, was then given to cause learning and memory deficits. In mice pretreated with rutin, scopolamine-induced working memory and spatial learning impairments were prevented. This rutin pretreatment also reduced scopolamine-induced oxidative stress and acetylcholinesterase activity in the prefrontal cortex and hippocampus of mice. Based on these results, the authors suggest that rutin can restore cognition by enhancing antioxidant activity and cholinergic systems. The 13th paper in this episode comes from the International Journal of Biological Macromolecules and first author Jamir, last author Sasha Girarao. The title of their work is ZCPG, a cysteine protease from Zingiber-Montanum rhizome, exhibits enhanced anti-inflammatory and acetylcholinesterase inhibition potential. Zingiber-Montanum is a herbaceous perennial plant native to Southeast Asia, where it's widely cultivated for various herbal remedies. In this study, cysteine protease glycoprotein extracts of the Zingiber-Montanum rhizome, referred to as ZCPG, were studied for anti-inflammatory and anti-acetylcholinesterase activity. ZCPG was found to inhibit nitric oxide production, reactive oxygen species, and pro-inflammatory cytokines in lipopolysaccharide-stimulated macrophages. The researchers also saw increased production of interleukin-10, an anti-inflammatory cytokine. Inhibition of acetylcholinesterase was dose-dependent, competitive, and reversible, and was stable at a wide array of temperatures and pH. The authors conclude that ZCPG has potential use in AD therapy in the future. Our next and 14th paper is titled, The VEGF Inhibitor, Vitalonib, Regulates AD Pathology in 5X FED Mice. This paper is written by first author Jun Lostotherho from the Molecular Brain Journal. A negative correlation between cancer and AD has been previously demonstrated and has instigated the proposed use of tyrosine kinase inhibitors for AD treatment. The tyrosine kinase inhibitor vitalinib can prevent angiogenesis by inhibiting vascular endothelial growth factor receptor, or VEGFR. Yet, vitalinib's effect on AD pathology has not been investigated this far. And so, in this study, researchers looked at vitalinib's influence on tau phosphorylation and A-beta accumulation in a mouse model of AD. They report that vitalinib's administration reduced tau phosphorylation and the development of A-beta plaques in the cortex. Taken together, these results suggest that vitalinib can potentially modulate AD pathophysiology and requires further investigation. Let's turn to our 15th paper for today, written by first author Cooley, last author Maurice, from the International Journal of Neuropsychopharmacology. The title of this paper is Anti-Amnestic and Neuroprotective Effects of Fluoroethyl Normamentine FENM in a Pharmacological Mouse Model of Alzheimer's Disease. Currently available AD-targeting therapies, such as memantine, are prescribed to counteract AD symptoms, not to modify disease progression or to cure AD. Fluoroethyl nor memantine is a structural analog of memantine, functionalized with the fluorine group. I'll be referring to this compound as FENM from now on. FENM was analyzed for neuroprotective effects in a pharmacological model of AD compared to memantine. Mice were treated with aggregated A-beta and studied after one week using a battery of memory tests. Both memantine and FENM showed anti-amnestic effects in mice. Interestingly enough, while at high doses, memantine started causing memory deficits, 
FENM did not cause these impairments at the same dose. The authors believe that these results support FENM's use as a potential anti-ED therapeutic at relevant dosages. Up next, we have our 16th paper from the Oxidative Medicine and Cellular Longevity Journal. First author is Yang, last author Lin. The title is Sulforaphine Ameliorates Neuroinflammation in Hyperphosphorylated Tau Protein via Regulating the P13K AKT GSK3 Beta Pathway in Experimental Models of Alzheimer's Disease. Sulforaphine, or SF, is an isothiocyanate isolated from a Chinese radish seed. In this study, researchers looked at the neuroprotective effects of SF using both in vitro and in vivo AD models. Streptozotocin was used to cause neurodegeneration. The authors report that SF treatment improved cognitive deficits in rats and suppressed production of tumor necrosis factor alpha, or TNFA, and interleukin-6, IL-6, but increased the release of interleukin-10. SF also inhibited tau phosphorylation in enhanced ratios of phosphorylated AKT and phosphorylated GSK3-beta in the hippocampus. The authors also pretreated BB2 microglial cells with SF, which was found to actually reduce LPS-induced cytotoxicity. Also, SF treatment suppressed the release of nitric oxide, TNF-alpha, and IL-6 in the LPS-stimulated BB2 cells. Overall, the researchers conclude that SF displays neuroprotection against AD-like cognitive impairments in rats and LPS-induced neuroinflammation in BB2 cells. Based on their findings, the authors suggest that this may be via modulation of the P13K AKT GSK3 beta pathway and inhibition of NFK beta activation. And now we've made it to the final paper of this episode, paper 17, written by first author Wu, last author Kai, from the BMC Complementary Medicine and Therapies Journal. This paper is titled, Systems Pharmacology-Based Approach to Investigate the Mechanisms of Dengue Xiaoyao-San Prescription for Treatment of Alzheimer's Disease. Dengue Xiaoyao-San, or DSS, is traditionally used in Chinese medicine to treat AD symptoms, yet its molecular mechanism is not fully understood. In this study, researchers summarized the molecular effects of DSS against AD based on current literature. A pharmacology framework was used to explore the novel anti-AD mechanisms of DSS and identify its main active components. By developing a network-based predictive model, the researchers identified the active anti-AD components of DSS by mapping AD disease genes into the global drug target network. Multi-level systems pharmacology analyses reveal that DSS may actually regulate multiple biological pathways related to AD pathogenesis, such as oxidative stress and inflammation. Also, network-based statistical model, drug likeness analysis, human intestinal absorption, and blood-brain barrier penetration prediction were used to uncover key anti-AD ingredients in DSS. Overall, using an integrative systems pharmacology approach, the authors of this paper determined various therapeutic mechanisms of DSS against AD. And that's all for today's episode. Thanks so much for tuning in again. Like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, this is the first half of a two-part series on multiple targets and gene therapy for Alzheimer's. So keep a close eye on our new releases each week, as part two will be coming soon. Remember, each episode comes with a bibliography, which you can get by signing up for a mailing list. For more details, please check out the episode notes after listening. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Are you curious about being a part of Aminder? Send us an email with your CV and let us know what you'd want to do as part of the team. No experience is required, just an interest and enthusiasm for SciComm. Thanks to Ellen and Jax for sorting and the rest of the team for making this episode possible. Music credits go to Anusha Kamesh, 
You can find her on SoundCloud or on YouTube under AK Music. We hope you find this podcast useful. As always, our main goal at Aminder is to bring value to the scientific community by helping researchers stay up to date on the latest developments in neuroscience research in a useful and accessible format. We hope to have you back here soon. Bye for now.